Hey awesome people welcome all to her voice podcast series I'm Chetna your host a mother of two amazing kids and a lovely dog started this podcast with an intent to give a platform to all the women who want to share their little inner voice you might be a student you might be a manager you might be a director or you might be a ceo you might be a wife you might be a daughter you might be a sister or you might be a single mother wherever you come from whatever title you have earned for yourself there is always a little inner voice which has to be nurtured which has to be loud and which has to be heard and this is a platform which helps you to share that little inner voice this platform brings women from varied culture from varied background to share their little inner voice welcome sandhya welcome to her voice podcast thank you for being a part of my journey thank you so much etna actually i should thank you for this opportunity for letting my voice be heard in her voice and i'm so glad that there is someone who's doing this and you know letting people have this opportunity to speak out thank you sandhya so i would love to know who is sandhya well honestly if you ask me uh, my answer would be a lonely soul but aren't we all lonely souls i mean like we all come alone we go alone true but i guess the truth is like probably i would look at myself as a very empathetic creative someone with a lot of uh, love to give and that's something that i've always been seeking you know some place where i can give a lot of love and receive love as well and someone who's always a wanderer lost <laughs> and i'm always seeking something and unfortunately i never seem to have anything under control i always want you know things to be in in control but i don't have anything in control and um i find myself in these crossroads time and again and i then wonder what's next so i guess in a nutshell that's me good to know about you sandhya what is that one thing you love about yourself i think the first thing that comes to my mind is my versatility i mean i am a very adaptable person i mean you put me in any situation i'll just get by it without a problem i have friends of all age group i get into any social settings i don't have an issue so i think that adaptability that comes to me very naturally is something that is loved by other people also and i love that about myself as well and i think i'm someone who i mean any situation however difficult it has been i've always emerged stronger from that so i think that is another thing i'm really proud of myself for and i think i like that about myself okay what were the important transitions in your life and how did you deal with that oh my god we'll have to sit a whole day for that <laughs> but if i have to concise it <laughs> and put it into this podcast i would probably hit on the uh, highlights i would say so to begin with chetna i was raised as an only child and you know i i've had a lot of pampering a lot of love attention and probably a lot of security when i was growing up and it was like beyond normal why i say beyond normal is like i had my mother who used to come to my school three times a day so that kind of attention when you get when you're growing up 
In fact, my principal has once uh, stopped my mother in school and told her that, are you molly coddling her? What's happening? I mean, that you're doing too much of this. So my mother actually told my principal at that time, just wait and watch. When she's out, she'll fly. I mean, that's the kind of upbringing I've had with so much, you know, care, love and protection. This was there on till I was about in my 12th standard. And after that, I had anyways decided that I will go to study abroad. So I did my hotel management uh, in Switzerland for three years. I was there and I was probably homesick like for a week. That's again my adaptability, right? I, I was just missing things for a bit. And then again, I was back to my normal self. I've always been this tomboyish, chubby, bubbly girl, full of life, you know, always making friends wherever I go. So as my mother said, literally, like once I was out of the nest, I started flying high. I was an academic achiever. I did really well. I mean, I was always among, you know, known among my friends and always a popular person. I was a class clown. So I was always entertaining people. And uh, those three years in Switzerland, like, were my best years. I mean, I made some awesome friends who are still friends with me today after almost 30 years. And the um, next stage, the transition happened was I ended up going to the US to complete another degree course. And there I happened to meet a really nice gentleman. I would say really nice gentleman because at that point in time, he was someone who really meant a lot to me ended up being a mentor to me. He was my first boyfriend. As I said, I was a tomboy and, you know, I've never really had relationships and I never had attention from boys. So getting all this from one person was suddenly a very, you know, very interesting part in my life. So yeah, I fell for it. <laughs> I fell for the fact that, yeah, someone is giving me attention and uh, I liked it. And you, I mean, this was around my 20th, 21st years. And on my 22nd birthday, it's like I've had a conversation with my mother. And just four days after that, I'm scheduled to talk to her again. And I'm supposed to call her. Instead, I get a call from India back uh, saying my mother has passed away. So that was like one big jolt, a big um, transition in my life where I don't, I think I was numb. I don't think I had any, anything to process it. My then boyfriend, uh, was a part of my life at that time and he kind of kind of filled that void for me that emotional void that I had of missing my mother he filled it for me and I probably just jumped into it I jumped into a relationship I jumped into marriage and uh, I did not even I mean I did not think through it I did not think through what I wanted I mean I think I cl just closed my eyes and jumped into a relationship and when I opened my eyes it was probably already seven years into it. I was lost. I was clueless. I was absolutely miserable. And uh, when I got a divorce and I moved back to India, I took up a few jobs to support myself and support my father. While actually my ex and I, we had a successful BPO business that had actually made millions. So I gave all that up. I gave up a green card. I gave up a very luxurious life. And all that is because I never fit in. And I felt that I was just in a long, wrong relationship, in a wrong partnership. Uh, the next phase of my life, uh, I came back to India and I started doing jobs, as I said. Well, I dabbled with a lot of things. I mean, that's my versatility. I did marketing, I did sales, I was into media, I was into events. Then I even worked with a popular uh, kitchen, like a modular kitchen company. 
I started a catering company on my own. That was my entrepreneurial streak. Then I did some food consulting. So again, it was a food consulting company also that I started. Then I had workshops for corporates. I dabbled with the share market. I failed miserably there. So then uh, I started consulting. Okay, there was a period in 2017 where I turned vegan. And I went on and trained myself to become a vegan chef. So then I started consulting for hotels and restaurants to transition their menu into a vegan menu. So all these things I have done. So eventually I somehow found social media. I found digital marketing and I stuck onto it for a very long time. And I started doing social media marketing. Today, if you ask me, I'm doing something totally different, which we will touch upon later. I will, I will talk about it later. But uh, from a millionaire to a daily wager, I think I've experienced crazy bumps in my life. I've seen a roller coaster. And uh, personally, like I think after my mother's passing, my divorce, the next big loss came when my father passed away. I don't know. It's just that I moved to Bangalore for a new start, for a, you know, to erase my slate and to start fresh all over again. I don't know if it works like that, but there are some baggages you always carry with yourself, no matter what you do. And uh, once I thought I was settled and I was ready to transition into this new phase of my life, 2020 happened and the great pandemic hit. I think that is the two years of the COVID time have been, I don't know, torture is not the word, but I pretty much, um, I think it was life altering for me those two years. Yeah, these have been kind of transitions in my life. The highlights. <laughs> More power to you, Sandhya. I could feel your each word. It's coming from your heart. Yeah. It's, it's actually like, um, you know, I, I don't know. I always put on, I put on this kind of a mask. I have this, um, like you ask any of my friends, they will always call me a cheerful bubbly and, you know, very a woman of strength and someone who's got so much courage and, you know, all of that. But honestly, that's all just, it's makeup. It's, it's just something I show the world. What I am in my house, inside. But why? Why do we show that, Sandhya? It's it's just that I, I somehow don't want people to see that side of me. I don't want people to see that I... It's a weak side. I don't want people to see that. I want people to see me as a strong person. But eventually now I have learned that it's not going to help me in the long run. It's not going to stay... I mean that, you know, just putting up a face in front of people is not going to help me in the long run. And uh, therapy has really helped me, you know, deal with that. How did you deal with your mom's loss how did you deal with that shock and <laughs> did i deal with it <laughs> i mean I, I mean i don't know if i have an answer for it i was just telling someone the other day that no matter what age you lose your parents the loss is the loss of a parent i mean there's no replacing that you can't do anything about it and uh, i don't think i'm still over it and it's 22 years today i mean 19 november is her passing date but 22 years, I don't think there is a day, a second, a minute I have not thought about her, her memories. So how I've dealt with it is in, in my own day, there's grief. Yes, I will cry some days. Some days I'll think about happy things, what she's done in, around the house for me. A year before she passed away, she actually wrote all her recipes in a book and she left it for me. So I have all of that. I mean, I cherish all of those. While I'm trying to cope up with her not being around, but she's left a lot of things for me to cherish. And I think that's how I'm dealing with it. I mean, to be honest. 
and I keep getting signs. I don't know. I believe in the universe a lot, and I believe in you know signs that I can see in in the in nature. And I keep getting signs that she's still around and she's blessing me and she's there with me. Okay, what drives you every single day? You know something, Chetna. It's like every few years you will reach a point in your life where you reach a crossroad. Okay, and there will be these choices you have to make. You have to go either right or left, or you have to take some decision in your life. And I have faced that crossroads many times in my life to the extent that every few years I will do an analysis on it. I'm like, did I do the right thing? You know, there will be guilt. There will be like, oh my god, I should have taken that path. I should have done that. What if that would have happened? You know, that scenario will keep playing in your head, and you'll constantly be. you know judging yourself you'll put yourself through that um, pressure of why did i do this why did i do that guilt it eats you up i think eventually over the years i have learned to stop doing that and torturing myself it it leads to anxiety it leads to very bad sleepless nights with insomnia thinking about things decisions which you know could have led to a very different life but that didn't happen if you ask me what pushes me and drives me today it's the fact that i i'm seeking a purpose i'm still in that journey so every day getting up and figuring out something new is probably that challenge for me and i think i'm blessed in a way that i i come from a set of parents who have had lot of strength in them and that strength is coming to me irrespective of what is thrown at me i kind of you know still stand up and i still want to face the day though that was not my situation always but i am there i know i'm there i i want to be strong and i want to have a purpose and i think the biggest purpose a purpose right now is to be able to help people who are less fortunate or people who want a listening ear people who uh, need someone to just talk to because i have been in that situation i have been in a situation where i was not able to express myself irrespective of having a plethora of friends of having people all around me but i still was not able to uh, express myself to people who were so close to me also because somewhere is it the fear of judgment that was that the reason i think more than fear of judgment it was more to do with the fact that it is my thing why do i need to tell people mm. it's my personal thing i mean i'll deal with it i'm strong you know that is the thing it's like i can and i was always the agony aunt trust me when i was growing up also people would come and tell me their problems so i was always the one giving solutions so suddenly when i'm having the problems how will the agony aunt have problems you know <laughs> so it was that i think more so that and i've always had this personality of being very cheerful and bubbly and she's like how can she be depressed how can she have depression you know that's not possible so first of all people never believed even today now if suppose this podcast comes out and i i share the link with people they would believe that she's actually talking this what is wrong with her you know who will believe this you see my social media my handles are there but every post you'll see me cheerful bubbly laughing and doing crazy things but that's not i don't know that's not real me it is it is a show and that needs to change i know because therapy is teaching me that that i can't be doing that all the time to myself because i'm lying to myself to be honest like if you're back if you would have asked me the question what pushes you or what motivates you i would say nothing i couldn't even get up from the bed 
I was in such a situation where I was questioning, why do I need to even live? Is this existence even, even worth it? I mean, I was in that situation, such a bad situation. So can you share about your journey from being ignorant about depression and getting to know that you are in depression and accepting yourself? I know you're in the process. So how was your bit of it? See, first and foremost, I want to correct one thing that is the mindset of most people today is that depression, these words, anxiety, depression and all are fads. It's something that the society is suddenly just talking about because it's all very trendy to talk about. No, it has always been there. It's just that people never got an avenue or a channel to talk about it. There were not so many therapists, there were not so many psychologists and psychiatrists who could analyze this and tell you about it. Today, there is that medium. So I think people should use it. Don't tell me that, you know, there have not been broken marriages or there have not been suicides or there have not been failures in, in jobs or businesses or whatever is happening and people have not been upset about it. They have been, right? I mean, that is what depression has been about. Grief, losing people. It's all been a part of everyone's life. So how does everyone cope up with it at some point or the other? I, I think I remember talking about this, like beating your chest and crying loud is a way of expressing yourself. And if you have to do it, you should do it because that's getting it out of the system in a way or the other. Dancing, a lot of people like to do that. I mean, just get it out of their system. I can just put the music on and not care about the world and dance. That's a way I want to express myself, you know, when I'm sad or when I'm not feeling my, like myself. So coming back to your point, how did the journey start? Like, how do I uh, put this? Like, I've always been this protective child. So having lost my mother so suddenly, I didn't even get a closure. Like, I never got a chance to see her dead body. Like, I never got a chance to see there, be there for the funeral and all of that. That just numbed me. I just, there was that part of me which just completely shut down. Emotions were dry and out. And I got into a relationship with a partner who never let me express myself openly. I'm saying this out first time. You know, I've never discussed my divorce. I've never discussed my partner with anybody else. You're brave. Yeah. I, I'm saying this out loud because it's high time I discussed it and I, high time I tell people what really went through at that time with me. And I was suffocating in the marriage. There were mountains of expectations from me and... You know, my partner probably saw me just as a business partner and not in a romantic way or, you know, what, what I was expecting out of a relationship between a couple was not there. I mean, I was not happy. Honestly put it, I was not happy and I was living somebody else's dream. You know, I was trying to fulfill his dreams. We were not even in the same book, leave alone the same page when it comes to life goals. So the, I had to get out of that marriage. And when that finally happened, before that, the, there was a period where I was just growing in size. Like I had reached 120 kgs. I was mindlessly eating, obnoxiously just putting on weight and not bothering about it. And I was leading a very robotic life where I was just doing what I was told to do. And, you know, not bothered about any emotions. There was no energy. There was no zeal. There was a period where I, in that period, I had attempted to take my life as well. Fortunately, I survived the overdose. And even in all of this, my ex never understood that. You know, he never saw the signs. 
and he had a family member who had been through something like that because of an unhappy marriage in spite of that he never gave the chance for me to you know express that maybe i have depression maybe there is something going on in me that needs to be tackled by a therapist or you know me talking to a shrink or talking to a psychiatrist or someone that was never addressed and it was all bottled up bottled up and then finally i was like desperately you know crying for attention by doing all these things obviously i didn't want to take my life but then there is a point where you're crying for attention right and you don't know what you want to do you just do something like that so here i'm seeking attention and in bargain what i'm getting is a lecture on how i am a spoiled brat how my parents have just pampered me and never raised me right and how irresponsible i am i don't know how to manage my finances you know i'm so negligent and all that blah blah you know so it's constantly trying to prove myself to this one man who i had made the center of my world and i got fed up of it i got tired of it i got to a point where it was just exhausting and i was completely drained out emotionally and mentally i was just gone i mean i just couldn't handle it anymore and after 7 years i finally opened my eyes and realized i had to get out of that i came back to india and saw that once i was back in india and i was with my father who was very supportive by the way and who said you should have just told me this long time ago and you should have gotten out of the marriage why were you sticking in this i mean what is wrong with you it was not social stigma or anything it was just this thought in my head that it's a challenge for me i have to stay i have decided to marry him i should stay why should i put someone else in that situation so my father was like this is stupidity on your part you should have come back but anyway uh, once i came back to india i i was in bombay and i you know a lot of things changed for me i i, I started seeing that the depressed side of me uh, started fading away i made new friends i accepted new challenges you know i i seemed to be loving the life i was living all this was going great i then had another jolt in my life where my father passed away and very suddenly i mean he was a healthy man nothing was wrong with him and uh, just had a stroke and 3 months after the stroke he's gone so for me it was like literally the carpet you know slid from under my feet and i didn't know how to react and i was in a relationship at that time but that relationship again was more toxic than actually helping me it was like i believe that a relationship should be given take and for me it was more about all my relationships have been give 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 i never got anything back so for me after my father passed away it was like all hell broke loose i mean like it i think whatever part of depression was left to attack me had attacked me i mean i was done and out and i had zero purpose to live did you ever realize that this you're getting into the phase of depression that time i thought it was grief like people kept telling me it's a phase it's a phase you're just feeling alone it's okay it'll go you know to the point that people tell me get a pet get a plant get a partner so it's like pet plant or partner these are your solutions okay like you you cannot feel anything else these things will help you you will get out of depression if you have either of these so i'm like that's not how it is and when i i would say that honestly i felt that it was just a phase and for me it was like i'm grieving and probably that's why i'm feeling the way i'm feeling but a point had reached it now where i cried cried and cried and then there's this outside self of me which is like all you know bubbly cheerful and doing all these crazy things and there's this side of me that's coming home and behaving like a nutcase again binging again getting back into that same cycle 
vicious cycle of not being productive and feeling guilty about it and then having anxiety over it for being unproductive you know the guilt anxiety and depression together that this khichdi that happens in your head it's unbelievable i think i had a a good set of friends at least i can put it that way i'm blessed that way i have some friends who are also professionals who are in this field who are in the mental health care field and they recognize the signs in me they recognize these patterns in me where i'm getting into a shell and behaving very different socially but on certain occasions i'm in a different way and uh, nobody actually could tell what was happening at home because i'm living by myself all alone i'm not yelling at anyone i'm not breaking things i'm not doing if i would have just taken some pills and gone nobody would know i'm gone it was that bad and covid did the worst i mean i was lying at home alone feeling all the more sunken in depression thinking that nobody is there for me there is no one left i mean i'm like this orphan who no one cares for so all these thoughts haunt you so badly and luckily i had some friends who recognized these things in me and they were like listen you need immediate help luckily they were not people who said pet plant and partner okay they actually took me to a therapist they guided me to a therapist to a psychiatrist and said please talk please talk to this person you need counseling you need somebody to listen to you other than your friends and family and relatives i said okay so i started therapy i started talking to somebody and get started getting medicine because i obviously needed something for my anxiety i used to have tremors i used to have all kinds of pangs and um, there were moments where insomnia it was just hit me and i would not know what to do in the middle of the night i'm just sitting like this owl wondering what to do and then that is a time when all these thoughts come back into your head now all this guilt comes back thinking what did i do what did i do i didn't achieve anything my potential is all gone waste i'm creating a mess of my life my parents didn't raise me up for this it's a guilt it will eat you up like crazy and it's a vicious cycle so that was the way i mean i think therapy is what helped me i mean talking to somebody and of course if required getting the medicine also and yeah <laughs> so uh, when did you realize i think once your friends told you to approach the professional that's the period when you went or you realized that was the time that you had to get into i always knew i had depression i always knew there was something wrong but i never wanted to address it again you know that's that part of you which never wants to take care of yourself you want to take care of the world but you'll never take care of yourself like even today i have had this cough going on for about 2 months now since september i've been coughing i have not bothered to i know what i need to do i need to go to a pulmonologist because the chest x ray says that i need to go to a pulmonologist but i have not done it so i know when it comes to myself i will not do it i need some pushing and luckily that pushing happened from outside and there were friends who took me to this you know therapist and told me like you have to be here you have to sit here and talk so i wouldn't say it came from me but at least it came from outside help and i'm glad i have that in my life why is it so difficult to love ourselves <laughs> good question <laughs> why is it so difficult to love ourselves is probably that's how we are trained always i mean like we've been told do it for others do it for somebody else give it up for this one give it up for that one never trained to love ourselves first i was just watching this instagram reel the other day and said uh, who are the three people in your life who love you love the most you know immediate what comes to your mind answer that who are the three people you love 
And I think majority of the people must have said my parents, my partner, my ex, my this, that, whatever. Nobody would say myself. And I was like, yeah, that is so true. I mean, shame on us that we don't love ourselves. We love everybody else. So I think it's just a training. We've always been trained like that. <laughs> so what do you feel? How can we change that? I think now, nowadays, there are a lot of things coming out, talking about self-love that, you know, more than anything else, help yourself first. It's like what you hear in the airplane, right? Put your own mask first before you put somebody else's mask. So that's exactly what you need to do. You need to help yourself first. If you are in sane, proper mind, proper um, place to help somebody, then only you can help others. Otherwise, you won't be able to help anybody. You are sinking, you'll sink other people also. So it is best to love yourself first. So, uh, Sandhya, what is that one final message you would love to give to my audience? I would say what I have learned over the years is there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. And for me, the way I see it, change is the only constant. So don't be stubborn about not wanting change. And most importantly, take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do that for you. So self-love, taking care of your own self. I think that's my voice today. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely message. Thank you for joining me on this uh, episode. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Chetna. Actually, I am really glad you gave me this opportunity and I'm so happy to be heard. Thank you. Hey listeners, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave your review and don't forget to share it among your friends and family and do subscribe to my podcast. And until my next episode, believe in yourself, love yourself and live the life that you're dreamt of. This is Chetna here signing off for now.